Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, we're off to a hot start with summer, and uh, you know, as a result, I think markets have melted a little bit here in the past month. They have, but we're also going to talk about vacations today, so it's a we are. positive. We're going to—that's true. We're <laughs> going to end with a positive, but we're going to start with talking about the markets, you know. And and the question is, is it time to panic? You mm. know. Um, but fortunately, we've had a good week this week, so so you know, markets have abated some of that some of that downturn from the last month so but it was pretty ugly in short answer is no don't panic short answer is no <laughs> but we're going to tell you why um but yeah that's a great topic and then we're going to jump into my favorite topic which you stole by the way i know that i know uh, cheap vacation yeah i figured you would like that one. that's one of the reasons why i chose it yeah, you know, I mean, you love talking about vacations. You didn't and, give me a heads up, and you just like stole that from yeah. me. You know, I love talking about vacations, and that is a great topic. You know, so you got what fourteen? Yeah, we have a whole bunch of them in cheap here. Vacations we can take. Some and, of them uh, I like. Some of them, you know, it's um, you know, staying with uh, friends and family. But I am going to take issue with your <laughs> list of vacation ideas here in a minute. I'm too, sure you have one to add to that, right? I do, I do. We'll, okay, we'll, uh, we'll say 15 cheap vacation ideas. In. That's right, but we'll come back to that. Uh, by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro with over 24 years' experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis, also a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 27 years. We're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcast are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to the podcast. Uh, we also have a lot of videos and tools, uh, a lot of college planning items out there, Facebook page, Twitter handle, which is MoneyMD as well. So a lot of different ways to connect with the money doctors. That's right. And do check us out on our website, moneymd.net, where you can link to us and send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us directly at info at moneymd.net. We're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from a uh, study that was recently done by the uh, Transamerica Center. And um, about 55% of Americans plan to work in some capacity while retired. Uh, but in reality, Steve, and we see this, less than 10% actually wind up doing so. So That's when, right. when you plan on working, you're planning on that income. And what we see from the stats and the studies is, you know, it does the work piece of it doesn't happen. So therefore, you're going to have less income. So we like to see someone retiring earlier. And if they want to work, they can continue to work yeah. versus vice versa. An option of work, but not not counting on that income because, you know, so life happens and things tend to come up when you, you know, get in your 60s. You have, might have health issues. You might have a, a parent or spouse that you need to help take care of. Being um, laid off. Yeah, you can have trouble getting hired. Obviously, it's not easy to get hired when you're in your 60s. Um, so you don't want to count on that income. You know, that can be like a, a bonus. That can be the icing on the cake in retirement if you want to work part-time. But you got to have a retirement plan that usually doesn't factor that that income in because that's that's tough to mm -hmm. to get that to come to fruition, you know. Yeah, if you plan on it and it's not there, that's that's a that's not the right right way to plan. Exactly. So good fact of the week. All right, and that leads up to our first topic here, and that is um 
You know, the markets, is it time to panic again? Yeah, May was a, a, a difficult mar- month. Yeah, it, was um, a- it was sneaky difficult, too, because it was pretty consistent throughout. And It was. It didn't really look like it was it was headed down as much as it was, and then it really, in the last week, kind of accelerated, and uh, May was a, a tough month. By the way, this is a, based on an article, a couple articles out of Market Watch and um, just some other resources we have here. But, John, yeah, I mean, the stock market has been rather volatile this past month. Um, if everybody hasn't noticed, markets were down like 4 to 12% in May alone. Now, fortunately, the first four months of the year were, were fantastic. They so were. They still were, still were, positive. Still positive, but, you know, not nearly as much as they were <laughs> before May. So it's a little different picture. But, yeah, May turned out to be almost as bad as December was. Um, in terms of how much down it was. Fortunately, we've had a great few days here in the first week of June um, that has recovered some of that. So, you know, but people are naturally asking, you know, why markets are so volatile and is it really time to panic? Um, kind of reminds me of a scene out of one of my favorite movies here, uh, Toy Story, which you, I was going to cue you, that up, but I didn't do it. Do you still watch that? <laughs> occasionally, occasionally okay, i love right. i love i love kids movies yeah buzz lightyear I that, that's great yeah buzz lightyear you know maybe i can cue that up here before we finish but uh yeah woody woody gets a little bit panicky you know if you remember that scene mm-hmm. but anyway um you know but we get calls from people all the time that are kind of like that you know that are a little bit panicky and of course you have to keep these ups and downs into perspective as we'll discuss here in a minute um, but markets have been on a wild ride here this past month. Um, it's almost like they've they've been a little schizophrenia, have a little schizophrenia about, you know, whether they're going to go up or down. And they can't really make up their mind which direction they're going to head. Um, of course, there are a myriad of reasons for the volatility. You know, there's no shortage of news and tweets coming out of Washington. <laughs> yeah. And it seems that the markets hang on every few words that come out. Um, but let's let's start with the trade issues and let's recap a little bit of what's facilitated this drop that happened in May. Yeah, I think you look historically, Steve, and when the markets are uncertain about something, that's when there's volatility, exactly. right? That's and right. We certainly see the uncertainty with the the trade deal with China, uh, combined with there was some some disappointing economic news. And uh, first, there was a U.S. Trade Representative Robert um, Litchker. He cited basically said, hey, there's an erosion in commitments uh, by China um, when they were having negotiations in early May, and they declared tariffs on Chinese imports would rise to about 25% from the 10%, and that would happen almost immediately. So that started out the beginning of the month, and they uh, reiterated the comments that President uh, Trump made a few days earlier as well, saying, hey, this is going to happen. However, China's top trade negotiator participated in some positive talks later that week, gave some calls for optimism, but that pretty much fell apart at the end of the month. So, um, And there was also some poor economic news as well from the U.S. manufacturing activity. Uh, it fell in May um, to the slowest pace of growth since October 2016, uh, and the pace of expansion also disappointed economists uh, that polled that were polled last week. And then, of course, you had the trade worries that rattled Wall Street and threatened to slap, uh, you know, another 5% charge on all imports from from Mexico. Um, So tech stocks reacted to that. There's some conversation about the government, you know, looking at uh, and and overseeing and getting into the tech stocks uh, world a little bit. So the the NASDAQ uh, index actually went into correction territory, which is down 10%. Um, And uh, so it's, it's been a volatile month. 
Yeah, it has been a, a terribly volatile month. Um, you know, uh, there's if you if you think back just a couple of months ago, you know, the trade issues were still front and center. You know, the markets were doing extraordinarily well, um, <clears throat> you know, simply because the fundamentals were so strong and there was no new trade tensions that had arisen. But, you know, markets were optimistic that there was going to be a deal in the near future with China. And, you know, they seemed poisoned. To, they seem poised to skyrocket if that comes to fruition. Um, but the likelihood of a deal seems to be all but priced into the market. And now the trade deal with China in the near term has all but been taken out of the valuations in the market that's yeah, hurt it. Yeah, one of the things that's coming happening like as we speak is um, they're talking about uh, a wage or a uh, rate cut, right? I mean, right. so you know that's something that the markets are now looking at, and um, I don't think it's going to happen in the June meeting. I heard something on CNBC saying it was a, a 33% chance of happening in June, but the markets are starting to say, hey – you know, it's the economy is slowing down in the U.S. a little bit. Um, actually, the uh, job job numbers came out this week as well, and I think there were only twenty seven thousand jobs created versus one hundred seventy thousand estimates. So the market's now looking towards the Fed um, to uh, to cut rates, which you know helps things typically. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, if we get the rate cut, you know that that certainly would spur the market, and that that has been a positive, and that's really why the markets have shot up here in the past week. You're right. Um, so, I mean, it's it's uh, it's been very, very volatile. You know, it's been up and down um, with all these trade issues and every report, you know, and now this thing about, you know, Mexico and mm-hmm. putting, you know, a tariff on Mexico, of course, has rocked the markets as well. Um, but, you know, it seems likely that, that stocks are going to be focused back on earnings at some all, point. At some point, if all of this will just quiet down and we won't have any new news about tariffs, you know, that comes out. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if the Fed comes through with this rate cut, that would significantly help stocks since that's always been a driver of higher earnings going forward. Yeah. And Steve, another factor that people seem to forget um, is you look back at history and and there has been volatility historically and unpredictability as well. And in fact, on average, there's been about one correction of 10% or more per year and over three drops of 5% or more every single year. So look back at history and what we're going through is not unusual. Now, you know, the reasons are always different um, behind this, but it's a pretty consistent theme when you look at market history. And uh, this kind of volatility is is precisely why the stock market returns more than fixed income. I mean, risk and return are related. It's been proven decades ago by the uh, capital asset pricing model. So a lot of study, a lot of academics uh, behind the risk and return relationship. So, yeah, you have to be prepared for ups and downs and and, uh, have a plan uh, to write it out that's looking long term and ignore these short term blips because it's a part of the market. Yeah, and another important fact that people tend to forget, you know, quickly with investing is that markets are unpredictable. Um, you know, sure, I mean, we know that stocks, you know, do well over time, but it's unpredictable which asset classes will do the best and which will do the worst and when that'll happen. Um, you know, large U.S. stocks have beaten most other asset classes pretty handily for the past couple of years, and especially so far so far this year. Um, but it's times like these when people start, tend to start gravitating toward one particular asset classes and, and they, they want to buy last year's winner. Um, but that's a dangerous thing to do, you know, when you're investing because any particular asset class can fall out of favor for a long period of time 
and you won't recognize it for years and, and usually not until after the fact. Yeah, I mean, we look back at history, uh, the late 90s, um, 95 to 99. So there was a five-year period in there that the uh, U.S. large stocks, I think it averaged like 27% a You're year. You're right, almost 30%. It was it, fantastic. And, and so what did people do? They piled into U.S. large stocks. They looked at you know That's past right. performance, and they said, hey, I'm going to jump on this bandwagon. And uh, then the S&P 500 lost over a percent per year for the next 10 years from 2000 through 2009. So if you load up on U.S. large stocks and that 10-year period is is right after retirement, that's probably going to be a disaster for you. Your plan likely would not survive if you're so narrowly focused and you get into an asset class that is um, goes through a very rough period. And we see that historically. That's what asset classes do. That's why you, you have to diversify. So these asset classes, we see they rotate in and out of favor on a regular basis, but it's unpredictable. And so you want to remain, you know, prudently diversified and resist the urge to focus your investments on one or, or just a few asset classes. That can be dangerous. That's exactly right. <clears throat> and, you know, I do have that, uh, that, uh, my favorite movie, Toy Story movie. Oh, good. Um, clip. We have, uh, queued up here. And so we don't want to be like Woody and we don't want to panic, but here's, here's Woody and, uh, Buzz Lightyear in that clip that I talked about. According to my Nava computer, the- Shut up! Just shut up, you idiot! Sheriff, this is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic! I'm lost, Andy is gone, they're gonna move from their house in two days and it's all your fault! My, my fault? If you hadn't pushed me out of the window in the first place- Oh, yeah, well if you hadn't shown up your stupid little cardboard spaceship and taken away everything that was important to me- Don't talk to me about importance because of you, the security of this entire universe is in jeopardy. What? What are you talking about? Right now, poised at the edge of the galaxy, Emperor Zerg has been secretly building a weapon with a destructive... So don't panic like Woody. Enough of that. Don't be like Woody. (laughs) Don't panic. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, you know, markets are not... Are not headed to unprecedented territory here. This is this is something that happens, and uh, you know. But we're optimistic. I mean, they're gonna, there's going to be a deal at some point, you know, with China. I mean, this will get behind us, um, and you know, if there does get to be a deal with with China on trade, then markets are likely to respond very positively to that. But um, you know, as for now, in the near term. Uh, you know, markets are, are, are pretty much just gonna gonna do what markets do. They're gonna be volatile, but but they head higher three quarters of the time. So um regardless of how it feels, you need to stick to a disciplined strategy, remain prudently diversified if you want to be successful over the long term. That's the moral of the story here. And that leads us up here to our question of the week. Yeah, this question um, we are asked periodically, and um, I'm sure you are as well, Steve, is, uh, are you a fiduciary? And, um, you know, it's interesting, about half of Americans uh, falsely believe that all advisors are legally required to act in their client's best interest. And that's kind of like a, a weird statement. But there's there's two standards out there. One of them is fiduciary, um, and uh, that is uh According to the Cornell Law Dictionary, a fiduciary is the highest standard of care. It entails always acting in your beneficiary's best interest, even if doing so is contrary to yours. So for a financial advisor, it may mean, you know, recommending a product that results in in reduced or no compensation because it's in the best option for the client. As an example, one of the things that we like doing and seeing our clients do is having no debt. So sometimes that means pulling 
money out of their investments to pay off debt. And it, it depends on the situation. You want to be careful with taxes. But, you know, the SEC, you know, regulates um, uh, financial advisors and the fiduciary standard. And basically, a, f- a fiduciary typically is fee only. If you sell commissions, then you have a different standard, which is a suitability standard, which is not as high as the fiduciary. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, you don't want to you want to be with the fiduciary if at all possible. Um, somebody that has your best interest in mind, not just a suitability standard, as you mentioned. Anything that's a commission-based type of investment strategy uh, is going to be a suitability standard, you know, like a brokerage firm would have. And so that's a lot lower standard, and they just have to basically, you know, look out for your interest in the sense that it's not uh, that it's not harmful to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just has to be suitable. It doesn't mean necessarily has to be the best thing for you. So, yeah, a fiduciary standard is very, very important. Of course, we are fiduciaries, and, uh, you know, regardless of who you work with, you want to work with a fiduciary. All right, and that leads up here to our next topic, and that is cheap vacation ideas for the whole family. Um, but I will say, John, I mean, out of these 14 items, I don't see anything about golf in here. Not even a Didn't muni- make the list because golf is not cheap. It is. It is. The <laughs> Depends muni- on how you do there it, There right? are thousands of <clears throat> muni courses across America. And, hey, I mean, where can you go for four hours and, you know, you have know, great fun for maybe 25 30 bucks? I agree. I actually, I can go to the uh, golf range, pay $9, and I can be in and out in about 20 minutes. You're too fast. <laughs> I mean, if you divide that out by the hour, you paid a lot for that amount of entertainment. <laughs> but most golfers can go for an hour for $9. Like, like $9 okay. and hit All balls. Right. And uh, so it's not that expensive. But yeah, these are some great vacation ideas. I do love the whole topic of vacations, and um, it's that time of year. It's that time of year, and you can do it on the cheap. You yeah. don't have to break the budget. Yeah, so you know, kids are out of school for the most part. I think uh, graduations are going on, and um, you know, the beach is calling your name, and seems like uh, every free hour is a good opportunity to go take a vacation, right? Absolutely. We just took a vacation. We were both down we to the beach. We did off season, kinda, which is we- one of the. Yeah, we did, it, we did it off-season, and we just did local beach. You yeah. Know? So it, we Not fall fancy. right into the category here. Absolutely. So the first one here on the list is is tour your own city. And, and Kathy came up, uh, Steve's wife came up with a good tour in Aiken. It's, uh, it's a bike tour of the uh, horse community and uh, historic Aiken. And so I think uh, the four of us are going to go out and do this. It's uh, 10, a, 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. We'll probably do the 10 a.m. one. Yeah, no kidding. And it's pre- you know probably cheaper than than you know dinner and a movie for sure. Yeah, that's um, right. So yeah. so to your own city. I mean, there's a you know local art galleries, historical sites, um, you know museums and so forth. So you can be thrifty and and do a staycation. Go check out your own city. There's things. I mean, I've lived here all my life that I haven't seen that I could very easily. So that's one of them. Another one here is camping. So. You know, so you can go to have the traditional sleep outside. Matthew and I just did that recently. Had a lot of fun. Did you? But it's a lot of work. It's not quite my <laughs> cup of tea, camping. It's you know, a lot of so, work. You so know, you don't want to do all these on the list. That's <laughs> right. But you know what? They do have Airbnbs um, for uh, RV and campers that are set up for you. You know, all you do is show up and you, you go in there and you get a little bit of the outdoors. And um, the youth call this 
glamping with a G and uh, it's experiencing the great outdoors without dealing with the whole outdoors part. So, yeah, I mean, I really think you can go stay at a, at a very expensive hotel, you know, uh, for about the same price in, honestly. in the woods, in the mountains. It would anyway. be a lot easier too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But camping's good. Tam- I mean, Tammy I know loves people, people love, they love being in nature. Tammy's and, not a camper. She's a glamper. So. A glamper. What does yeah. that mean? Glamping. That means you're, you know, staying in a hotel in the mountains or oh, something. Oh yeah. You there know. you go. I'm with you. Like, I'm with you. Like up in Nashville somewhere, you know. That's a good one. All <laughs> right. So here's the next one, though, and that is go to a less popular beach. Um, yeah, and I think this is a great idea because certain beaches are going to be more popular and pricier than others, you know. I mean, take, you know, Myrtle Beach, Hilton Head, um, you know, Key West, you know, Laguna Beach in California. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots make of the them. list. That would be really, really expensive. <clears throat> but, you know, if you know where to look, I mean, you can save a lot and still watch the tide roll in. I mean, coastal beaches – are going to be that the coastline beaches are going to be more expensive than say along the Gulf. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might want to check out maybe Destin, Florida. Mm-hmm. You know the Panhandle of Florida, something like that. Yep. Um, but still, just going to a less popular beach too. You know, a family beach that's not the the major vacation magnet is going to be cheaper than going to the real popular one. So that's a great idea. Yeah. Another one here on the list is go check out Costco or, you know, um, one of the club stores. They have pretty good deals. It's kind of surprising, but they have vacation packages. Um, if you're planning on a more elaborate vacation, you may want to um, consider what they have to offer. They, they bundle these things. I've never done that before, but um, may go check it out. I don't know. We're not members of Costco. We're members of Sam's. So I'm sure Sam's has something similar, but check right. out the, the Costco's of the world. Um, another one here on the list, which isn't real. Eh, it's it's. I mean, it depends. Uh, stay with friends and family, right? You. Yeah. It's not glamorous, but uh, hey, you know, you go visit someone you haven't seen in a while. We used to live in St. Louis, and we've talked about going out there and staying with some friends, and you know, stay at their house, which you know, you basically have travel out there, which would be driving, but. Right. You well, can do it on and, the cheap. and on the way, you can do that too. You know, we had some friends that came by and stayed with us a night. In fact, they were driving their RV, you know, so they just parked their RV and they stayed in their RV on their driveway. So like Eddie we, and yes, Susan on Christmas vacation. There you go, exactly. But, uh, but we had a great time, though, you know. I mean, we just spent a day together, but we went out, you know, to – I think we brought in – we went and picked up dinner and, and, and did a couple other things and uh, just had a great time visiting with them. And, of course, it was very, very cheap. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a great way to go kind of on the way and on the way back. As well. But also traveling during the off season is a great idea. I mean, everybody loves to take a vacation in the summer, but if you push it out just a few more months, I mean, you can save a bundle, you know, I mean, travel after fall break or after Labor Day weekend. And that can be a great cheap vacation idea. You know, remember that the peak season, off season, they're going to change depending on when you're planning to get where you're planning to go. Um, so it's a good rule of thumb to avoid traveling during the summer months, winter breaks and holidays. Um, but do your research, you know, I mean, check it out. Uh, yeah, we used to go, um, right after summer to the beach Mm -hmm. and we would get it for like half price, you know, um, with the kids until the kids got older, you know, when we're in school. And, um, and then we'd also go right before Christmas time and, you know, and, and and kids are out of school right before Christmas, the week before Christmas, but everybody's preparing for Christmas so they don't take a vacation. Yeah. And if you go to some place like Disney the week before Christmas, it's going to be empty yeah. and, and it's a lot cheaper as well. Yeah. The the beach trip we just took down to, uh, we went to Hilton Head. Surprisingly, Memorial Day week is not peak. 
<clears throat> the hmm. next week is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely. That, that definitely saves on the cost associated with it. And another one here on the list is just take a weekend trip. Just need to get away. You know, leaving, the, leaving town for the weekend can be just what the doctor ordered. Um, may not be as restful as a 10 day trip, but certainly not going to be as expensive either. So, you know, budget for a quick getaway and, uh, you know, you may be surprised depending on where you go, how affordable it can be. And another one here is take a vacation on a weekday. And, um, this is exactly the opposite idea, but, uh, you, most of the time you, when you book a hotel or an Airbnb for the weekend, it's going to be pricier than staying you know, during the middle of the week. So if you can afford to use some vacation time, you know, look at a midweek, you know, Tuesday to Thursday. Absolutely. Yeah. Midweek is a good idea, at least for the travel days, too. You get a lot cheaper airline if you're traveling midweek. Um, you know, and visit a national park is another idea. You know, one of the greatest things about nature is that it usually uh, is is pretty much free to enjoy, um, you know. And so uh, it's beautiful and, you know, that's an added bonus. But, you know, don't sweat it if you if you don't live near um, Yosemite or the Grand Canyon, um, you know, there are actually 61 national parks across the U.S. I didn't realize there were that many. That's yeah, that's a lot. Right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so find one near you, you know, go explore. Um, you know, they're all pretty interesting. They all have very uh, small entrance fees in general that you pay per vehicle per person. And there are just some fantastic parks across the U.S. And, you know, that's one of my bucket list items is go tour a lot of them, mm-hmm. you know, when yeah. I retire. So that's a you good idea. you got 61 to go to. There you go. I, well, I've been through a few of them. Yeah. But, uh, right. 58. Yeah, I've probably got 58. You're right. <laughs> All right. The next one here on the list is stay at a bed and breakfast nearby. Um, there's a place in Aiken. It's called the Carriage House. Uh, pretty reasonably priced. They roll the the meal into or the, the breakfast the next morning into it. So it's pretty reasonable. Um, and it's a nice getaway. It's downtown Aiken. You can go walk yeah, around. Yeah, I mean, I'm there's sure. also <clears throat> like, uh, you know, Rosemary Inn and, yeah. and, and uh, North Augusta. I mean, there's some great bed and breakfasts. That's right. There. That's right. Yeah. So go check that out. Um, another one here on the list is get insider tips. You know, when we went to Disney World many, many years ago, and I actually bought a book um, that showed some things to do to save money and timing and so forth. So if you're going someplace like a Disney or some other place, place, there's a lot of information out on the web about how to reduce cost associated with it and also kind of how to plan from a logistics standpoint. Absolutely. And also um, explore the region, your own region. Um, you know, as you mentioned about, you know, checking out your local area. Um, but on the flip side, I mean, it doesn't mean you have to go to Disneyland or Paris. I mean, you can, or, or even a cruise, you can take cheap vacation ideas in your own region just within driving distance. So, um, you know, maybe just a, a couple hours away or maybe three hours away, um, you'll be out of town for a while, hopefully avoid the sticker shock of a busy vacation area, but you'll also save a lot of money by, um, you know, not having a long flight. And also you can get last minute deals. We love to do that in the wintertime, you know, you get great last minute deals. Um, since it's only driving distance, you can just look for a great weekend where the weather looks like it's going to be going to be unusually warm in the wintertime or unusually cool in mm-hmm. the summertime yeah. and then just do a last minute deal, hop in the car, you know, decide, book it on Wednesday and leave on Friday. Um, I think that's a great way to go. You save a ton of money. Yeah, that's great. Uh, another here idea here is book in advance. You got to do a little bit of planning. Uh, online travel hubs like Groupon and Expedia, they uh, pride themselves in offering great last minute 
vacation deals if you don't book in advance. Um, I think you mentioned you were playing golf um, on your on your trip that you just took, and you would go yeah. and look for openings and the last got minute. Discounts. Yeah, there was like a local last minute tea time number you could call. And this same dude would answer the phone every night. You'd have to call it between seven and ten at night. Yeah, for the and next he'd day. have he'd have he'd have open tea times for the next day. And you just have to be flexible. Yeah, but you'd save like thirty forty percent yeah. off of their internet price. Yeah, so flexibility is key. It's a real real good deal. Awesome. And the last one here on the list is a uh, staycation. You know, stay at home. Like we talked about, a lot of a lot of things to do locally here in the CSRA. Um, you know, you can do a day trip here or whatever, but that's certainly a, an easy way. And you know what? Sometimes when you take these vacations, it's tiring, you know, <laughs> you come home and you're exhausted. And uh, so sometimes a staycation not only is, is inexpensive, but you can kind of rejuvenate and get your batteries recharged as well. That's right. All right. Those are great ideas. One of my favorite topics. And uh <laughs> And that leads up to our final thing here, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, we had, um, Matthew and I had a conversation with a young couple that came in this last week, and uh, they're getting married in October. And um, so uh, they're, they were doing some counseling from a financial standpoint. So the prescription of the week is is if you're newly married or you're getting married or you know someone who is, encourage them to, for them to get some financial counseling. Uh, we recommended they go and take Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University class. Um, you can find that at DaveRamsey.com, and uh, this FPU class is a nine-week class. You'll come out of there with a PhD in finance. But you know, Steve, we know that um, you know finances are one of the leading causes causes of divorce, and people just don't talk about it. They're not on the same page. They don't have a process. So um, th- we were Matthew and I were very impressed with this couple coming in. They were doing some planning. They were talking about. Their, their strategy, what's the most important things to do, so they're on the same page. It's a great way to start a, a, a marriage off. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. You, you definitely want to get on the same page with your finances and have those discussions about finances. And I think taking an FPU class, a Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University class, is a great way to facilitate those conversations and talk about, you know, you know, your you know, credit card debt and your habits and what you believe is right and wrong about, you know, the way you spend money. Um, young couples oftentimes don't have those conversations mm-hmm. and they find out later they kind of get a rude awakening that they're not on the same page about those issues. And it's just very, very important. You know, um, I mean, like 50 percent of the divorces are related to financial issues. Yeah. So you want to you want to get that straight before you get married. So uh, and we'd be happy to sit down with you and and talk with with you as well. Absolutely. And we do that. We do a lot of pro bono and counseling work out in the community. So happy Ab- to help you out with absolutely. That. So call us if we can help you with that. And that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. But tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.